the Bronx is filled with my people and I want to make sure that my people are educated and have the resources that they need to be the best that they can be. Welcome to Belmont Voices. My name is Jack Benz, and I'm your guide to some of the stories of some of the people in one small New York neighborhood. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Belmont Voices. Nice to have you listening in on these conversations that I get to have with all kinds of people here in the Belmont area of New York. If you're liking this podcast, why don't you go ahead and subscribe, and then every time we post an episode, you get notified. That would be great. Now, in our last episode, we were on the street with Dan on Fordham Road, and we were sitting on the pavement, and so it was super loud because that's just how loud Fordham Road is. This episode, it's another part of Belmont. It's the very quiet part of Belmont. It's the library. Yes, we're going to the library, and we're getting to talk to Ignira Lopez, who's the manager. I think you're going to like it, so stay quiet and listen closely. My name is Ignira Lopez, and I was born and raised in the Bronx. My family is from Puerto Rico. My grandparents moved here when they were teenagers, so I had to be in the 40s. My grandfather was the first person to move here. He had a small candy store right by Yankee Stadium, uh, maybe like the size of a closet. (laughs) And then once he started doing well in his business, he bought another property. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he sent for his brother to come to the Bronx, and his brother ran that property. Um, Was it another candy store? Yes. And then once all of his brothers came, we had about maybe like five or six candy stores in the area ran by the same family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm a bodega kid. <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, I guess it was a <laughs> thing when I, when I was growing up. That's the only thing I know is like just growing up in a bodega. My parents were always working. Me and my brothers had to work there every day after school. We had to work before we went outside and have fun with our friends. But it taught, taught us a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I was very appreciative of my parents laying down the law and making us work in our family business. Um, Do you know any other Ignirus? I don't. Everybody always asks me that question. Do you want to know how I got my name? Of course I do. Are you kidding? So my dad's name is Ignacio, and my mother's name is Myra. So they combined their names and they came up with Ignaira. Ignaira. Did your dad so, go by uh, Ignacio or Nacho or? Actually he goes by Papo. Pa- <laughs> yeah. But um, that's something that they do on the island in Puerto Rico. They combine names for children. It's a thing. It's a thing out, out there in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I'm like, but we live in New York <laughs> so no one's going to understand it. <laughs> you have brothers? Yes, I have three older brothers. I'm the youngest. Yeah, and do they do this kind of work? Actually, we all work for the city. I have two older brothers who are part of the NYPD, and then my third brother, he is in the FDNY. Uh, FDN... Fire Department. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't sit on a truck, apparently it doesn't <laughs> make any sense. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
We are, I guess, devoted to the community, all of us, which is interesting. I thought we would all probably be like business people because of how we were raised. How the hell does a person get into being a librarian? You just read a lot, <laughs> you hang around not a lot, really. and then... <laughs> not Actually, really. Can you read? Yeah. All right. I mean, I Don't did, make me check. No, I went to the library when I was a kid. My mom is a heavy reader, so when she would go get books for herself, of course, she would take us along, and we would have to get a book for ourselves as well. If a book was interesting enough, I would pick it up and read it, but it wasn't like I was reading all day. But during college, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, um, and I met a very influential person. She convinced me to go to library school. What, what I were you studying? Knew. I got my bachelor's in communications television production. I was working at the PBS station up in Buffalo, New York, and it just wasn't hitting that mark for me. <coughs> and I knew in the back of my head I always wanted to work with children in some capacity, but I didn't want to be a teacher. So then when I met this woman, I was like, oh, this is the way I can possibly do this. What appealed to you? Like, the fact that I was able to work with the children, but didn't have to be that teacher role. I could be, like, kind of another person that they could go to and talk to, but it didn't always have to be about education, you know? It mm -hmm. could be about fun stuff, too. So I initially went to library school to be a school librarian. School librarian positions are few and far to come by. Because people I've just noticed. stay in them. Yeah, so I couldn't find a school librarian job once I moved back home to the Bronx. And I was able to find a job at the New York Public Library. And that was 10 years ago. It's going to be 11 years coming up in April. Well, oh. this month, yes. And you're the manager of this branch? Yes. I'm in charge of the building. I'm also in charge of the staff and just day-to-day -day operations. What happens, the programming, the collections, the resources that we offer, what are we bringing into the, to the library, also the outreach when we're going out into the community. What, what do you mean go out? What so does that's, that look like? So part of our job is to go out into the community and kind of let people know, hey, we're here. This is what we have to offer. Come on by. And we've been doing that a lot lately just to get people to know that we have a lot of resources here that can benefit you in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And we want people to really utilize those resources because why have all these wonderful things if people are not going to use yeah. them? Because this is more of a, libraries operate as a community center, don't they? Yes. Not just it's here's changed, a book. Yeah. It's changed a lot over the years. We really are community centers. Yeah. Because I noticed in this particular library that there's like a display for re-entry. So if I just finished being incarcerated, may show up at the library and there's, there's really help for that. Yes. Also, I think I saw new citizen uh, ways to move towards citizenship. That would mm -hmm. be another big piece. What other yeah. communities? So we also try to hit the senior community who don't really have much to do during the day, maybe sometimes may feel lonely at home. This is like a great place for them to come to and meet people, maybe learn something new, give them something to do throughout the day. Um, the immigrant community is also a big one. A lot of the times when pe people first come to New York City, the library is one of the first places they come to because for some reason or another, they know that this is a place that they can find a lot of good resources for them. So that community would get it, but often the people that actually live here and have for years don't realize the library could mm -hmm. be a cool thing for them. 
Is yeah. that correct? So yeah, we try to capture that group as well. Um, we try to get our adult population through the children, because a lot of the times people think, oh, libraries are just for children. But I always tell the parents who come with their children, like, you're your child's first teacher. So if they see you reading and if they see you educating yourself, then you they know that that's an important thing to my mom and my dad. So that should be something important to myself as well, right? Right. So Actually, there's no example. other way for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Describe your patrons as you currently have them. Well, we have a big Spanish-speaking population that comes in. Mostly it's families. And they're looking for books. They're looking for books for their children. What I notice is a lot of the immigrant families want their children to succeed. So they're really pushing them. So they're coming here to get as many books as they can. They're coming here also to have them participate in the various programs that we offer, like Tech Club, where the children can come in and learn about coding, and 3D printing. But like I said, I like to stress to the parents, like, we have things for you as well. Like, yeah. come to our English conversation class or come to a computer class. What's your sense of people wanting to hold on to their original language as well for their kids? Or they just feel a lot of pressure that the kid needs to learn English? I think it's a little bit of both. I feel like they're afraid to make a mistake if they're trying to learn a new language, but I think the emphasis is always on the child. Yeah, and I know that there's also the Enrique Fermi yes. Center is part of this as well, the Italian heritage. How does that work? So there's a committee of five people who have monthly meetings here. A lot of the people on the committee are very elderly, so it's they're finding it hard to get together and finding it hard mm -hmm. for them to actually come in and plan things. There was a time had, when it was a lot more But there vibrant. was a time when it was very vibrant and there would be concerts of 150 people in here with appetizers and they would serve wine and everybody would look forward to it. And I'm trying really hard to get something up and running again. But it's not really your responsibility. But it's not. So has anything happened since you've been here as far as an event? They did do their annual Christmas tree lighting. Okay. Um, no so one was caught on fire? Or no. No one bro <laughs> broke a hip or anything? No. A lot of people think when they come in that the cultural center has their own separate area with like artifacts and that kind of thing, but really they don't. I have been here in the mornings where there's a couple of old Italians shouting at each other uh, <laughs> yes. in a corner. Yes. And I thought that They're must be stable. the Italian center. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, that's, the, that's the Italian area that they're in. Um, and they've actually become a staple of this library. Everybody knows this group of Italian older um, men and women who come in here every day. And we try to keep them from shouting, but they play an Italian card game <laughs> and they get very riled up when one person doesn't do what they're supposed to be doing, <laughs> you know? It's a card game. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, they've been in the neighborhood for long, 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 long time and yeah. have been coming to this library for a long, yeah. long, long time. And what are the other groups that, that use this? We have uh, Spanish speakers, and is that primarily Mexicans at the moment? Yes, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then what other, and the, the, the Italians who have been here, there's a lot of Italian, Italian books. What other, what other cultural groups kind of make a showing? We do get 
a lot of tourists. I've seen people from Spain just coming in to visit, some people from Germany. I know that libraries do a lot more than just books and one of the things you do is that you end up being like a social service as well so you have you have homeless people is that a thing that you kind of navigate as well or we don't get too much of the homelessness we get a lot of drug users on the staff no <laughs> no <laughs> you know this is going to be this is recorded <laughs> Really? Well, that would make my job really hard. <laughs> but, yeah, but as patrons coming in, we get a lot of drunk users. Using or uh, stoned or high coming stoned in? Stoned, high coming in. Oh, when I first arrived, we were getting people using in the restroom, which was an issue, and then I had to kind of nip it in the butt really quickly. But on occasion, you'll see, still see them coming in stoned and just kind of wanting to hang out in here. And it it's kind of puts me in a weird predicament because it's like, yes, the library is open to everybody. But if they're visibly falling over, then, of course, mm. we have to ask them to leave. Is it a safe place to be as far as like, because the, uh, the library is so open. I mean, I feel safe, but yeah. I'm 6'4". So I try my best to make this a safe, welcoming place to come to. And I have to give props to our security guard. He's very aware and attentive to everything that's happening in the building. But we do still live in a city and we can never be too careful, right? So we have lots of these policies in place. For example, if we see a patron, right? They didn't get what they wanted. They're screaming at the top of their lungs. They're not they're, Italian. They're <laughs> So they may have a reason. Yeah. They're cursing, they're getting upset. Staff members know when this occurs, there's steps for them to take and mm. they know what they have to do, mm -hmm. right? So we always are doing training and professional development with our staff. We have like an active shooter training that we've recently just done, which is scary to talk about, but it could happen. Like you said, the sure. library is an open place. Groups of people. Are libraries and this library in particular in real trouble as far as patronage? One of our goals right now is 20% increase in library card users, and we're just about to hit that goal. So I, helped, I have a library card from here. Great. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Any for stories about time. your biggest users? Um, Who would you point to as like, that person reads like you would believe? Well, we had a young lady. She literally would come in here every day after school with her father and read nonstop. She actually was our best reader here. We had this little thing we were doing that if you read a book and you write a review about it, the person who writes the most reviews will get to go to the Yankee game, and she got to go to the Yankee game with her dad. How old is she? She was eight. Oh, wow, that's good. Yeah, her name was Nyla. And would Nyla read anything? She was open to a lot of different kinds of books, which was what I really loved about her. She actually used to give me recommendations for my daughter. <laughs> I'd be like, because they're the same age, so yeah. I'm like, did you really like that one, Nyla? She's like, yes. I think your daughter will really like it. <laughs> you should bring it to her. So when she would return, then I was like, okay, I'll put this one on the side so I could bring it to my daughter and check it out for her. <laughs> so she was good with that. But yeah, she, she was an inspiration. And you know, one thing that really stuck out to me with her is that her parents really pushed her. That makes a big difference when the parents show you that this is important. 
And it paid off. She got to go to the Yankee game. That's true. So <laughs> <laughs> it all works. Hard work paid off. <laughs> Do you read? She was so excited. I think um, you have a couple books reading going on right now. Currently, though, I'm reading Michelle Obama's Becoming book. What do you think? I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. It's inspiring, really. Right. I love her as a person, so. Oh, uh, the Obamas. I just <laughs> found an, uh, a Vote Obama uh, button in my, in my things, and I thought, oh, I remember. <laughs> Look. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I also read a lot of books with my children, so. There's a lot of pressure when your mom's a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> so now tell me, I did a little research on you. And so you tell, did? tell me about this Bertha Franklin Fader Award <laughs> that you received because your coworkers put you forward and it's a cash prize. Yes, I was very surprised when I got noticed that I was a recipient of this award because <laughs> a lot of the times when you work hard, you really don't feel like people are noticing. Um, so it was it was an honor, actually. Yeah, and the money wasn't bad either. Yeah, have you nominated other people for that award? Um, or did actually, you even know it existed before you got it? I did know that it existed. But I really, to be honest, I thought it was like kind of like, like a set-up system where like no one who's really in the trenches is ever going to get this award. You know what I mean? And at the time, were you really in the trenches? I mean, you are now, but at the time, were you just a regular librarian, not I manager? was a regular children's librarian, and then people just started hearing about the quality of my program. And teachers would call me, say, come to my class, uh, daycares, pre-Ks, can you come to us? Yeah, nice. And I was a busy, busy lady. Do you have the money you need to do what you do here? We always use more money. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) Um, We get by, but like I said, there's so many things that could be updated. I mean, the laptops we have are super old. Do they get a lot of use? They get a lot of use. Mm. You know, I have a wish list. And there's a lot of stuff on that wish list that if we were to happen to come up with money, I have the list ready. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I will say that we actually did receive a little bit of extra money this year. Assemblyman Rivera and Councilmember Richie Torres, they each gave uh, the Belmont Library $50,000. $50,000 is for tech upgrades and $50,000 is for kind of just sprucing up the branch. Nice. Where do you live now here in the area? I live about 15 minutes from this area, Pelham Parkway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Has the Bronx changed a lot since you've lived here? I mean, when I was younger, to be honest, I wanted to leave the Bronx. During high school, I was like, I want to go away, I want to go away, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be in the Bronx anymore. Like, that was one of my main focuses when I was applying to colleges, like, it has to be away from the Bronx, right? So I did that, I went away for about five years, and then coming back, it's like, totally different. It's like, oh wow, the Bronx is filled with my people. So I think that also pushed me to be the best librarian I could be because the people that I'm serving are my people. The little old lady who's coming into the library, I see my grandmother and her. The loudmouth guy on the corner, that's my dad. My brother is over here, you know? So I could see parts of my family all around the Bronx and I wanna make sure that my people are educated 
and have the resources that they need to be the best that they can be. I'm from a special place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> you know, just the language is different. My friends upstate would point that out to me like, oh my God, Ignira, you don't say water. You say water. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice like, <laughs> until I went away from the Bronx. Like, that's how we say water. Like, that, that's what it is. You say coffee. Like, <laughs> you know. How do you like working in Little Italy? Do you have a do you have favorite places to go? Oh my gosh, my first year here, I gained like 10 pounds. <laughs> All pizza. <laughs> cannolis. Oh, right. Oh, I can't get enough of the cannolis, but I try to bring my lunch <laughs> most of the time. What's your favorite place here? Well, I like the pizza from Ivania's. A lot of people are like, full moon, full moon. And don't get me wrong, full moon it's is a great. Decent, decent piece of pizza. Yeah. But for some reason, I really like Ivania's pizza. And pastry shop, which, which ones do you like better? I always go to Artuso's. I just grew up going to Artuso's. Okay. So, I mean, Maroni's is good too. I've been there when I need like a little pick-me-up, like a coffee or something. Yeah. And then Madonia's. Is that, that's where you, they make a cannoli for you. I do mean, they? They, will, they will fill a cannoli <laughs> shell for you. <laughs> I didn't know that. You're always finding little treasures. Like? Like, I've been here for a year, and I just found out there's Bronx Beer Hall right next door. Oh, that's a fantastic place. And they, they've they had some beers there, kind of just seasonal stuff. That yeah. I, then that disappears, and I think, I can't get that anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's, like, little gems. Like, Prince, I just found out about Prince maybe, like, three or four months ago. Yeah, it's pretty great. Thank you so much for taking the time. No problem. It was Isn't fun. It great? It's great to hear yeah. about your... Your life as a Belmont librarian, <laughs> or the Belmont librarian. <laughs> this episode of Belmont Voices is edited by Jason Cannon, with original music, as always, by Paul James Prendergast. 